Do you want to finish your race? So let's look at Acts 20, 24, where we hear, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. What's your life worth to yourself? Louder. Okay, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying the good news of God's grace. So let's testify for that news, right? Let's share the glory. Who wants to share the glory? Yeah, let's worship tonight. Heavenly Father, we come to you. Just begin to lift your hands in an attitude of worship. Father, we thank you for your love. God, we receive you tonight. God, we welcome you, Jesus. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, God. We come together as one, God, to sing that you're alive, God. And you're still speaking, so I pray that you touch hearts in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. In the big
church we believe that that God speaks to people and uses people to relay a message so if there's anybody here tonight 
when you feel like God's pressing something in your heart, I want you to feel led to share. your presence, Lord God, your sweet presence that is here tonight, Lord God. In the busyness of life, Lord God, in the every day of school and work and family and friends, Lord God, we, we sometimes forget to just stop and enjoy your presence, Heavenly Father. I pray right now, Lord God, that it would be a time, Lord God, for us to just sit at your feet and enjoy your presence, Jesus, to bask in your love and your holiness, Father. Forgive us, Lord, for being so busy with being busy, with being so busy with life, whether it be ministry or school or relationships or family or just the own, our, our own personal trials and tribulations. Forgive us, Lord, for, for, for forgetting to just sit in your presence, Lord, and enjoy your love, your peace, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for not allowing you to speak to our souls. I pray right now, Lord, that in this moment, in these few moments that we have right now, God, that you would speak to our souls, Lord, that everywhere in this place, every one of us, Lord, would have our own personal time with you right now, that we would sense your presence, that we would sense your love, Lord God, that we would sense your spirit, Lord God, as if nobody else is around us, Lord. I pray right now, Lord, that each and every one of us would feel right now that we are there, just you and us right now, Lord. And it's that time right now for you and us, Father. I pray right now that we would make this time personal, Father. That we would hear what you have to say, Lord God. That we would hear not with our ears, Lord God, but with our hearts, Lord God. That we would hear what you are saying to us, Lord God, tonight, Lord God. Speak to your children tonight, Heavenly Father. Speak to us right now, Father. We're listening, Lord. We are listening, Lord God, to what you have to say, Lord God. Lead us and guide us, Lord God. Have your way, Lord God. That we will be sensitive to your spirit right now, Lord, all over this place, Lord. That we would not be distracted by the person next to us or what's going to happen in a few minutes, Lord God. But this would be our time right now, Lord Jesus with you, Lord God, our personal time with you, Father. Stephanie, if you
you could just sing the chorus one more time. Enjoy the presence of Jesus right now. Enjoy his presence. Bask in his presence right now. Father, we invite you tonight, Lord God, to have your way, Lord God, that tonight, Lord God, that your sweet spirit would move through this place, Lord God, that your sweet spirit, Lord God, would move through the word, Lord God, and that you would minister to us personally, Lord God, that we would have, that tonight, Lord God, would be dedicated to a personal time with you, Lord Jesus. Have your way tonight, Lord God, in Jesus' name. What's up, what's up, what's up? Elevate! Elevate! What, what? What, what? God is good! And all the time! Amen, amen. We're here at Elevate. We're here every Friday night at 7 p.m. And my name is Julian. I just want to let each and every one of you know that I love you guys. I love seeing you here every Friday. There may not be that many people, but you know what? Y'all love Jesus, right? Can I get an amen? Amen. So what we do have here, we have a vision, and our vision is loving God and loving people. So who knows what loving God means? Who knows at this point? Oh, Nathan, you already raised your hand. You messed up, man. You can look back there. It's all lit up and everything. Come on. You got two seconds. One, two. What's it say? Worship God with, with passion. Obey his commands. Amen, amen, amen. And what is, oh yeah, make some noise, make some noise. I was going to save it to the end, but it's okay. Joe got a little excited back there. And what's loving people mean? Oh, TJ, my bad. I got distracted over there. Helping people in signs of need and preaching the gospel. Oh, come on, he didn't even look at it. Come on, make some noise for him. All right, and then we have a strategy, and our strategy is going to be connect, mentor, and send. And how do we connect you? It's through our life groups. We got two here going strong. We got the ambassadors. Uh, ex excuse me, Joe. What, what, what was that, Joe? Oh, oh, okay. Oh, sorry. And then we got the resistance. Oh, oh, my goodness. Wow. Do I have to give the ambassadors another chance? What do you think, Steve? One, one more time? Oh, Steve said, yeah, he's the pastor, so I'm going to listen to him. And then we got also the ambassadors. Joe's like, Ooh! yeah, yeah, I like that excitement. And then we're going to mentor you in our 101 and 201. So if you're in 101, make some noise. 
Uh, let's see, one more time. Make some noise. There we go. It's a little bit louder when I put a mic to somebody's mouth. That's messed up, though. And then we got our 201. Let's go. Ooh. Ooh. And then we're going to send you out to make disciples that make disciples. For ultimate goal of 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world. Now, everybody can say amen to that because that's our ultimate goal. Amen, amen. So we want to talk about these Christian clubs. We're going to keep pushing it every single week. How many weeks of school do we got left? Let's see if Will knows. I don't know. <laughs> Does anybody know how many weeks of school? Oh, Ashley, how many weeks? There's 34 weeks of school. So you have 33 more chances to start a Christian club because that 34th week is just like you're just, you're just messed up. I don't even know what to tell you at that point. But we want people to ignite your school for Jesus, and we want you to answer that call. We got Shures going strong right now. Nathan said he was going to bake the next one, but he lied to me, so I'm not even talking to Nathan anymore. We'll see if he does it next week. But, amen, let's make some noise for those Christian clubs and stand to our feet for tithes and offerings. So who knows what a tithe is without looking? Oh, Elijah. Okay. Okay. 10% of your total income. Oh, he, he even put the blinders on. Okay. And what's the offering? Let's see if Joe knows. I mean, Joe. Yuli. I forgot your name, bro. Let's see if you get it right. Is there anything you give after the tithe? Can I have my mic back? Gosh. Goodness. Is that right? Anything you give after your tithe? Is that right? Make some noise if they were both right. Oh, that's, that's like half-hearted. Y'all giving like half-hearted applause or something like that. There we go. There we go. Let's get excited for tithes and offerings. So our example for today is what is 10% of a great pass in basketball? Oh, y'all got to know this. I even know this. But it's, you got to have that basketball mindset. You know, you know what it is, Eric? What is it? A turn? He said a turnover. Definitely not a turnover. Who knows what it is? Come on, Nate. Little Nate the Saint. Come on. Hooper, man. What, what is it? What is it? What's 10% of a great pass in basketball? Uh, it's not a. Oh, uh, what is it? TJ's broke shot. That is wrong. You're in sin. Repent for the kingdom of God. It is 0.01 cent, which. Ah, oh, sit down, TJ. Sit down. All right, guys. We're going to bow our heads and pray. Lord, we come in your mighty name and we thank you for this time, God. We thank you for the, the tithe and the offering, Lord, and I pray that it will be used to bless your kingdom, God, that it will be uh, used to forward your kingdom on this earth, God, and we will be able to uh, allocate it towards ministry supplies and different things that, that uh, the church wants to support, God, but we just need those funds, God, and I pray that they would come forth, Lord, that it would come in, the, in whatever offering it would be, whether it be volunteer work, whether it be finances, God, but I pray that everyone here will be a disciple and rise to the calling that they've been called to and it's in your mighty name that we pray and everybody said amen and before we go guys before we go i want to tell y'all about this elit that's coming up october 28th it's gonna be called it's called the wages of sin it's gonna be amazing we want y'all to come in costume it's before halloween so get that before halloween party in we're going to be turned up, but as it says, the wages of sin, don't wear a sinful costume because we'll cast that out of you, bro. We'll cover you up in some blankets and then cast the demons out of you, okay? 
But yeah, bring your friends. We want everyone here to invite your whole school. And if you can't invite your whole school, at least invite your best friend. Shamar, you going to invite your best friend? Amen. Who's your best friend? Somebody I don't know. Amen. Elijah, you going to invite your best friend? Amen. Invite your best friend. Let's get make some noise. All right, elevate, elevate, what, 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 how's everybody doing in here? I want to give it up, man, personally, man, to my man's Terion. he brought three visitors, man. Stand up, Terion. Come on, somebody, give it up for Terion, man. He is not playing games. I know uh, one of them, he brought, he what? I know that's Abel, but still we're gonna count him. We're gonna count him in there because Abel haven't been here in a little bit. I love Abel, but it's awesome to see that brother as well, man. All right, let's give it up for them again. I know we have like a uh, what is it like a homecoming dance? What's happening here? Somebody, somebody put the pastor up on game. What is it, a homecoming dance game? What's happening, Abel? What is it? It's a dance, right? It is a dance. Dude. What is it? It's a game and a dance. Something like that's going on, man. So I just wanna, I just wanna give it up to you guys for actually making it today. And just not going to the dance. Maybe some of y'all couldn't dance. You're like, I ain't got time for that stuff. I'm going to elevate. We appreciate you guys coming today, man. I want to personally just uh, uh, give it up for this man of God who I respect, I honor, man. He is, uh, he's like my commandment. Like, this is the go-to person for me. You know what I mean? Every time I bring something up, it's like I got to go back to this brother because he keeps me on point with the law. Amen. And then it may, it's like a balance between law and grace. It's just awesome. So we can just give it up for the law himself. Lawrence, come on, somebody. He will be bringing the word today. God bless you, brother. Amen. Bro. Amen. Awesome. So I uh, just want to thank Pastor Steve for allowing me to preach. It's an honor. It's a privilege. I don't take it lightly. And uh, I hope you guys get blessed tonight. I believe God really wants to do something special. Um, in this place, and I just encourage you all just to have an open heart uh, throughout our time here. Um, but first things first, if we can all stand, I just want to open up in a word of prayer. I just want us to just kind of focus our hearts and our minds on God, amen? How many of you know that that's a good way to start off, right? So if we can all just close our eyes um, and just let's just begin to invite the Holy Spirit into this place. For those of you who know how to speak in tongues, just begin to speak in tongues and just exercise that language that you can uh, speak in. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you in this place, God. We ask you that you would have your way, Lord. God, right now as we speak, Lord God, I ask you that you would touch each and every heart, God. 
that's here. God, I pray that tonight, God, you would break chains in the spirit, Lord God, addictions, Lord God, things that these youth have been dealing with for years, God, upon years, upon years. God, I pray for a supernatural breakthrough tonight in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for faith, God, to arise in their hearts, Lord God. I pray that you would do only what you can do, Holy Spirit. We invite you to come, God, even now as we speak, Lord. We pray for your presence to come, God. Come and rest upon us, Lord God. We need you in this place. Just want to encourage you guys. Just uh, for, for those of you who, are, who might be new to this, just say, come Holy Spirit. Just say, come Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to do so much tonight, but our hearts have to be open. So many times it's easy for us just to put up a wall and just, just let it all uh, come in one ear and, co and go out the other. But we have to give the Holy Spirit our attention tonight. So let's focus our minds on God. Let's tell him out, out of your own words, say, Jesus, have your way tonight. Jesus, speak to me. Holy Spirit, I'm listening to you. Let's just wait on the Lord just for a couple moments. Jesus, we love you in this place. Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for what you're going to do tonight, Lord. Just want to let you know right off the bat, I'm in no rush at all. The Holy Spirit is the one who's in control right now. Holy Spirit, we give you free reign, Lord God. Jesus, come. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you, Lord God. We ask you for your presence, Lord God, tonight. Let each and every one of us feel it, God, so strong in our hearts, Lord God. God, we focus our attention on you, Lord God, because it's all about you, God. It always was, Lord. That's the reason why we're here tonight, Lord. God, to meet with you, Lord God. Have your way, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have your seats. Stephanie, if you can come up to the guitar. While I'm preaching, I just like having worship in the back. It just helps me. It just makes me uh, just flow easier. So um, to open up, uh, I'm going to be sharing on a man named Barack. Now, it's not Barack Obama, the president of the United States. That's not who we're talking about tonight. Um, but if we all can turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 32 through 34, if we can get it up on the screen. Here um, in these verses, it doesn't give us much, doesn't give us much insight into who Barack is. It doesn't tell us his favorite color, what his favorite show was. But from this context, we know Barack was a man of faith. He's grouped together with awesome men of God like Gideon, who we learned about last week, men like Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel. And then if we read verse 33, it says, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administrated justice, and gained what was promised. Next verse. Who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and rooted foreign armies. See, Barak was grouped in this section here. We don't know exactly who he is or what, what he did based off of these verses, but we know he was a pretty a powerful man of God whom God used to do great and mighty things. So that's why he's in this kind of series of faith, heroes of the faith. Uh, the Bible considers him that because it groups him with those people. So we see that here in Hebrews chapter 11. 
And then the story that actually kind of gives us the backdrop of what Barak did is found in the Old Testament. That was just kind of the layout of uh, who we're going to be learning about today. So if, then if we can move to Judges chapter 4, that's going to be the bulk of uh, what I'm going to be sharing on tonight. So Judges chapter 4, verse 1. I want to let you guys know, um, preparing for this sermon has challenged me tremendously in my walk with God. Um, if anything, I'd be preaching to myself tonight because I need this word. Um, so he, Judges chapter 4, verse 1, opening verse, we can all read it. It says, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord now that Ehud was dead. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar, Sisera. The commander of his army was based in Herosheth, Hegoyim. Next verse. The sons of, because he had 900, uh, because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. Amen. So in this first verse, verse 1, we notice something right off the bat. We can leave it up there. It says, Then the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud had died. You see, what this is alluding to is in the previous chapter, chapter 3, Israel was found under oppression by this uh, group called the Moabites. Um, and they were oppressing Israel for a time of, you know, however many years. God raised up a man named Ehud who then delivered Israel from that hand of oppression. The Moabites were attacking Israel. They were ruling over them. They were oppressing them. But then God raised up this man of God, this man of faith, to break off that oppression, right? And it says that because of that, God ushered Israel into a time of freedom and a time of peace and prosperity for over 80 years. Over 80 years. That's a long time, right? 80 years of peace, 80 years undisturbed, no attacks, nothing. Everything's going good. Everything's going right. We're, we're our, the, the economic system was boosting. People were, were happy. Business was flourishing. There was prosperity. There was joy in the streets. There was peace, undisturbed, for 80 years. However, we find in verse 1 that after those 80 years of peace, after those 80 years of blessing that God gave Israel, the sons of Israel decided to turn their backs on God. They decided to do evil again in the sight of the Lord. Now, I find that funny. I don't know if you guys see what I see here, but in my mind, just thinking, these Israelites experienced God pretty much. For these 80 years, they experienced his hand being upon their nation. They experienced God's presence. They experienced the prosperity. They even experienced the deliverance, the supernatural deliverance from God. But over those 80 years, something began to happen. Instead of attributing what was going on in their nation, the prosperity, the wealth, everything going good, they began to take credit for themselves. Pride began to arise in their hearts to a point where at that 80th year, they said, you know what, God? I don't think we need you anymore. We're doing pretty good, Lord. We have everything under control. We got our... 401k planned out, we got our retirement plan, we got our kids lined up for this college and that school, everything's looking good, God, Lord, we don't need you anymore in our, in our society. They turned their back on God, they did evil in the sight of the Lord. They rebelled against God. Now in verse 2, we see how God responds to that then. 
God doesn't play any games. As soon as they rebel, as soon as the Israelites think that they're too good, that they don't need God anymore, they say, God, I want to go back to my old lifestyle, don't really need you, they begin to do evil again. The Lord says, you know what, fine. I can't bless you anymore. I can't have my hand over you. I cannot call you my children. I cannot have my hand over your nation anymore. As the Israelites turned their backs on God, God turned his back on the Israelites. And we see not only that, God ended up selling them, selling them as, 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 as property, selling them to a pagan, godless society. It's funny, that's kind of what the Israelites wanted anyway, huh? They turn their backs on God, they begin to do evil, and then God says, you know what, okay, fine. I'm going to take my hand off of you. I can't bless you anymore. I'm going to sell you into this pagan, godless country, this godless nation, the Canaanites. They're going to reign over you, and I'm not going to be with you anymore. He sells them into the hands of King Jabin, who reigned in Hazar. And if we go to verse 3, we see that not only did he sell them into any typical nation, this wasn't like another nation that was just, you know, gardening crops. They were just, you know, fishing around, chilling. These guys were warriors. It says they had 900 chariots fitted with iron. Now, I'm not a super historian. I didn't, you know, get some kind of degree in whatever. But I do know, for that time, iron chariots were very advanced. They were very advanced weapons of warfare. They were mighty. They were powerful. All this to say, the Canaanites, you didn't mess with them. They weren't people you could just roll over, right? God sold them into their hands so that, you know what? After all those, after all of that oppression that they're seeing, they, they, you know, it's like the iron chariots and all that. God specifically put them into that situation so that they could not get free on their own. I want everybody to catch that. God put them in such a tight place of bondage. He allowed them to go there because they had turned their back on God. I can just imagine them trying to, you know, in that first year of God delivering them over to these, these, these pagan, you know, godless people, them trying to get together and say, you know what, you know, if we, if we can just believe together in ourselves and have faith in ourselves, let's just unify, let's just get together, man, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, get our weapons together and we'll overthrow these people. It won't take that much, you know, we, we have enough people here and there, we can throw some kind of sabotage attack and, and ruin these guys. But I can just imagine time and time and time again, they try. They run into this mighty army and they fall flat on their face. You see, even after that, we see that it, did, it, it wasn't until 20 years later that the Israelites actually cried out for help. 20 years later of cruel oppression. In my translation, it says severe. Other translations say violent, ruthless these Canaanite people oppressed Israel severely, cruelly. But the Israelites were so hardened in their hearts. They were so full of pride that even in the face of defeat, even in the face of these, these enemies, this, this oppression, this, this mighty army against them, they still refused to submit themselves to God, to ask God for help. They were so caught up in their pride. They were so caught up in their idea of, man, we can do it on ourselves. We're good enough. We're strong enough. I can do this myself. God, I don't need you. They loved their sin and their lifestyle of living without God so much, they were willing to go through year after year after year of oppression, 
from the enemy. It didn't matter that they took over their nation. Imagine year one, the Canaanites come in. They say, okay, we're the ones in charge now. We're ruling. We're taking over from here. They kick out the king. They probably murder his children. It was pretty crazy back then, right? Something from reality TV or whatever. They did all this crazy stuff. They probably confiscated property through family members in jail. All in that, one, all in that first year, but the Israelites didn't do anything. I mean, if it was me in that spot, in that situation, I'm just saying, if I saw an army coming against me because I, like, was sinning and I didn't want to repent, I'd be like, all right, God, all right, here you go. I surrender, Lord. I didn't mean that. I was kind of stupid. You know, it, it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't worth it, God. You're, you're worth it. I'm going to serve you now. You can send the army away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that, that would be my response. But these Israelites had 80 years' worth of pride stored up in their hearts that was so deep and hardened their hearts to such a point where even after seeing their nation taken over by a godless, idolatrous enemy people, they still didn't want to surrender. That was just the first year. Imagine the, the next five years. Again, in that mindset, thinking, oh, it's going to get better. Oh, it's not that bad. You know what? I, 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 can, I, can, I can live with it, you know? Five years, they, they see all these crazy things happen. The soldiers are kicking their... The relatives in the streets, people are dying, people are being thrown in prison. The cruel oppression, right? We're not talking about a dirty look in, you know, in passing. We're not talking about some comment made on the side. We're talking about cruel, legalized oppression from the top down. People dying, people getting attacked, people being thrown in prison in mass, right? This is what's happening. This is the context. This is what the Bible's laying out for us before Barak steps onto the scene. And Israel refused to ask God for help. Imagine 10 years, more lives lost, more people thrown in prison, more property confiscated. Maybe their children start to get lost. The king starts to take their, their firstborn, their newly you know, born baby, begins to take it, take it, take it. The oppression, it gets in, it's getting worse and worse and worse, but the Israelites aren't budging. They still say, you know what, no, 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 it, it's going to get better. You know what, hey, at least I can still live however I want. You know what, at least I still got my sin. At least I still have the right to do whatever I want. I can still do evil. I can still go back to this lifestyle. I can still be perverted, angry, cursed, do whatever I want. It's fine. It's not that bad. And they kept going on in this mindset year after year of severe oppression until that 20th year. Something must have happened, I'm telling you. That would have opened their eyes. I don't know how severe it must have gotten before they awakened, but I can imagine it was pretty bad. 20 years wasted down the road because of their pride, because they did not want to ask God for help and submit themselves to his rulership. But in that 20th year, what do we see here? The Israelites, they cried out to the Lord for help. Something must have happened. Something must have broke where they realized, you know what? All this sin that I'm committing, all this, this act, these, these things that I'm doing, this evil lifestyle that I'm living, it's not worth it anymore. I've lost too much. Too many people are dying. Too many people are suffering. It doesn't look good anymore. This sin that used to be so appealing 20 years ago, you know what? It's not the same. It's not satisfying me anymore. Something must have happened in the 20th year that made them cry out to the Lord for help. And we see that that's exactly what they did. 
And I really, wanna, I really wanted to take my time with this because I feel this is so applicable for us today. You know, being in youth ministry, we see a lot of people come in and they don't want to leave their lifestyle of sin. They don't want to change their ways for God. They don't want to submit themselves to the Lord. They don't want to cry out to God for help. They think their sin is worth it. Oh yeah, having friends in school, gossiping about these people, making fun of these people, cursing, looking at perversion, pornography, smoking weed on the side because it's cool. They think that's worth it. They think it's okay. They think I can do it. You know what? It's not that bad. And then year after year, the oppression gets worse. They become more addicted. They begin to break friendships because of gossip, because they hurt somebody, right? Till it takes maybe 30 years down the road of the same addiction, the same problems, the same issues over and over again, and they realize finally, you know what? This wasn't worth it. Why did I do this? Why did I live this way? By the time they've already had kids, they've already messed up a bunch of people, they've already ruined their lives, their early years, and then finally they wake up at the end of it. Some people don't. You have 50-year-olds walking around, 60-year-olds, people everywhere, all over Chicago. They're in, they're in la-la land. They think they're okay. They're in their sin, and they'd rather be in their sin, living however they want, than submitting to Christ. But all the while, the oppression of the enemy is getting worse and worse. Ask people on the streets. They know the Chicago's bad. They know the city's messed up. They know their lives are messed up. But there's a disconnect. Because even though they know it's messed up and things are going south, even though they know the oppression and the attacks of the enemy are getting worse, they don't care. Because in their minds, they think their sin is worth it. They think living however they want to live is worth it. They think that boyfriend, that girlfriend, that relationship is worth it. They think those secular friends are worth it. They think that garbage, trash music is worth it. You know, they, they think these things are worth it. So they hold on to it. And they allow the oppression to get worse and worse and worse. All the while, God's saying, guys, wake up. Wake up. You don't need this. You don't need these things. If we can turn to the next verse, verse 4 in chapter 4. One thing that's powerful and encouraging to note, though, the moment the Israelites cried out to God for help, what's the first word up there? Somebody shout it out. Somebody shout it out. Now. You see, all God is waiting for is for us to cry out to him for help. Immediately, as soon as they cried out to God for help, as soon as they put their hands up, they said, God, I can't do it anymore, Lord. It's not worth it. This sin that I thought was amazing, that I thought was good, it's not worth it anymore, God. I repent. I submit myself to you. The moment the Israelites did that, immediately God takes action. He calls Deborah. Deborah was a prophet over Israel. She was kind of like the, the ambassador of God, you could say. She was giving them the nation direction, guidance. She was kind of the voice of the Lord. Even though other people were sinning, God still had a remnant that were still serving him. And Deborah was one of them. God used Deborah as his mouthpiece. And he contacted Deborah and he said, hey, Deborah, Get a hold of this man named Barak. I can just imagine God. You know what, Deborah, I think it's time to, to deliver Israel. Here we see in verse 4, Now Deborah, prophet, the wife of Labadoth, was leading Israel at the time. She held court under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. Verse 6, 
She sent for Barak, son of Abnoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, next verse, this is what the Lord said, the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, go take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead them up to Mount Tabar. I will lead Sisera. Sisera was the commander of the Canaanite army, right? The oppressor. I will lead the oppressor, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots, with everything he's got, all of his troops. I'm going to lead them to this mountain, and I'm going to give them into your hands. The moment the Israelites surrendered and said, God, we need your help, the moment they cried out to God, God says, okay, I already got a plan. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give all those enemy troops. I'm going to get everything that the oppressor has. I'm going to bring it straight to you, and I'm going to deliver them into your hands. I'm going to take them out. I'm going to get rid of each and every one of them. If we move down further to verses, uh, let's see, verses 10. Verse 10, it says, Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali together to, K- to Kadesh, and 10,000 men went up with him. Deborah also went up with him. So Barak, this man of faith, he begins to gather the troops. God chooses Barak, a man of faith, to gather the troops, to get the people together, to muster up this army, to be ready to confront the enemy, to be ready to uh, confront the oppressor. Verse 11, now Heber, the Canaanite, had separated himself from the Canaanites, from the son of Hodeb, the father-in-law of Moses, and had pinched his tents as far away as the oak and something-something, which is near Kadesh. Biblical language, guys. Then, verse 12, then they told Caesarea, this guy Heber, kind of like an informant, he sees Barak mustering these troops together, he sees something going on, he sees some commotion, and he goes up to, he goes up to the enemy king, the enemy commander, and he says, you know what, it says, then they told Caesarea that Barak, the son of Abnoam, had gone up to the mount, had gone up to the Mount Tabor with all of his troops. Verse 13, Sisera called together then all of his chariots, 900 were with him, from Herosheth Hegoim to the river Kishon. He hears about this, this enemy king, the oppressor. He hears Barak is getting together these troops. He hears there's some kind of resistance going on. There's some kind of thing that these Israelites are trying to do. They're trying to like fight us or something. All right, let's get all of our troops together. Let's get all of, all of our chariots. Let's, let's get everybody huddled up. Let's go and attack these Israelites. Let's show them who's boss, just like we did for the past 20 years. We're going to take them out. But this time, something was different. Out of all those other times the Israelites tried to rebel, out of all those other times the Israelites probably tried to attack the Canaanites, something was different about this time. What was different? In verse verse 14, Deborah said to Barak, Arise, for this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Behold, the Lord has gone before you. On the Israelites' own, on Barak's own, he couldn't do squat. He couldn't conquer anybody. They had iron chariots. They had a whole platoon of soldiers. They were set to fight Israel and crush them any day. The Israelites could do nothing on their own, but something was different. In verse 15, or verse 14, sorry, it says, The Lord has gone out before you. This time, they're not alone anymore. In verse 3, we see that they cried to the Lord for help. There was a cry of desperation. They said, God, we can't do this anymore. We need your help. And the moment they cried, God answered. 
He commands Barak, go, get a bunch of troops together, confront the enemy. The enemy then responds, okay, you think you got something? You think you can have some power over me? You think you can come against me? We'll see about that. They, he brings the best of the best, the Spartans of their army, and they're ready to fight against Israel. But Deborah tells Barak, Barak, don't worry about it. The Lord's gone before you. I want to take a pause right here. Guys, for the different things that we might struggle with, those different areas of our lives of sin, whatever it may be, whatever your flavor of sin is, guys, if you're not crying out to the Lord for help, if, you're, if there is not a desperation in your heart for God to come in and do something about it, you're not going to get delivered. You're going to be under oppression, and you're going to be some college dropout living in your mom's basement, waking up saying, what did I do with my life? All those parties, all those drugs, all those friends did me nothing. What are you waiting for, friends? Don't wait all the way till then to finally wake up and say, God, I should have repented. I should have humbled myself. Humble yourself now. Because when we do, what does God do? The moment we cry out, the moment we ask God for help, God responds. And he calls us, he lets faith rise up in our hearts, and he empowers us to confront the enemy. I didn't say it at the beginning, I was supposed to, but the title of this message is called uh, Confrontational Faith. Because when we step in faith in what God has for our lives, and we confront the enemy with God, we win. We have victory. God brings deliverance and ends the oppression, amen? I'm going to get to that part really quick. But I'm telling you guys, we have to surrender our lives to the Lord. We have to say enough is enough. I'm tired of being lukewarm. I'm tired of waking up with no purpose, with no fire in my heart, allowing the enemy to pimp slap me with depression, with suicidal thoughts, with, with cutting, with, with gossip, with anger, with, with perversion, with pornography. Are you tired of it? Are you tired of it? Or do you think in your mind that you can tolerate it just a little bit longer? It's going to get better eventually, right? No, it's only going to get worse. But if you cry out to God and you humble yourself and you say, Jesus, I need you, God responds instantly with a now response. So we go down. Pretty exciting stuff here. Verse 15. It says, the Lord routed. If you guys don't know what the word rout means, it means God sent the whole entire army to flight. The army retreats. The Lord routed Caesarea, all of his chariots, and all of his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Caesarea got off of his chariot and fled away on foot. But Barak pursued, but Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Herosheth Hagoyim. And all the army of Caesarea fell by the edge of the sword. Not one of them was left. Everybody catch that. Not one enemy was left. You know, there's a story in the New Testament of a woman who kind of was going through this similar situation. She was caught in adultery. She was a prostitute. The Pharisees caught her. They pointed out her sin. They made it. They humiliated her. And she was broken before the Lord in the dirt. Probably thought she was going to die. It was the Israelites' custom, the Pharisees, to stone people who were caught in adultery. They were about to stone her. Her life was on the line. She thought, I was over. I'm about to die. 
but she comes to Jesus in her brokenness and she's asking God for help. And God says something very profound. He asks her, where are your accusers? Because you see in the story, each person that said, oh, I saw, you, I saw this person commit adultery. I saw them in their sin. We need to stone them. We need to destroy them. We need to kill them off. Forget these people. Each one of those men, each one of those religious leaders walked away. God sent them away. And God looked at the woman and he said, where are your accusers now? Where are your enemies now? Then he told her, go and sin no more. Just wanted to share that, but I think it's similar and it fits with this story here. God destroys the enemy completely. Not one soldier was left. Where's the chariots of iron? Where's that strong soldier warrior we heard about? Where's the oppression? Where's the oppressor? Oh, the general? Yeah, he got off of his chariot and ran in fear. Not one soldier was left. Guys, what kind of victory do we want to see in our lives? Are we trying to settle for some half-baked Christian walk where we're always defeated? We're always stumbling. We wake up one day, we try and fight on our own strength. We stumble, we sin, and then we wake up the next day and it's this endless cycle. Or are we going to be sick and tired of it and say, enough is enough. God, destroy the enemy to where not one is left, not one enemy. God can do that for each and every one of us. It's interesting to note if you go down to the next chapter, chapter 5, the Israelites, they're, they're overjoyed. They're filled with just amazement and they're on awe of God. They begin to start singing songs to the Lord. They begin worshiping God. Hello, somebody. They begin worshiping the Lord for the victory that he's brought into their lives. And we see according to the song, if you look into it, uh, if you guys want to take some time after the sermon, look at it for yourself tonight, whatever. It actually shows us God moved in the physical realm. He actually shifted the heavenlies. Um, it probably was like an earthquake of some sort, maybe showers, thunderstorm, something severe in the sky. God moved and interfered and intervened to where it was so intense, the enemy literally had to flee and had no other choice. Just thought it was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool thing there we see in chapter 5. But to close out, there's this one powerful one powerful verse at the end of the song, after they, they've worshipped, they've said all these things about God. Chapter 5, verse 31, if we can put that up there. After just declaring all that God has done for them, the victory that he's brought about. Verse 31, it says, so may all your enemies perish, Lord. Just take that in. We read, we read the Bible, we read verses like just flippantly, all this. Just, just take that in for a second. So, Lord, let all your enemies perish. Everything that's coming against you. Because I know we're going to come here next week to elevate. And some of you are going to be still dealing with that one sin. You're going to be still dealing with wanting to smoke weed. Still dealing with hanging around with unsafe friends. Still dealing with cursing. You're still going to be going through this stuff. Some of you guys need to look up at this verse right now and see and get that kind of faith in your heart. So may all your enemies perish, Lord. All the things that are oppressing me, all the things that are attacking me, all the things that are trying to choke out my faith, let them be, let them be destroyed. Let them perish, God. Continuing on, but may all who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Then the Israelites had a peace, a time of peace for 40 years. 
40 years. Peace. No more oppression, guys. No more battling. No more waking up to seeing your, your friend on the streets beaten by the Canaanites, right? I mean, just, just to kind of get that in our, in our minds, that's what was going on, right? They didn't have to wake up to that anymore. They didn't have to wake up to that oppression. There was peace. And God wants to release in this room strength, confrontational faith, faith arising in your heart that makes you want to confront your sin. Some of you guys have been hiding from the things that the, the devil's trying to throw at you. Some of you guys have been trying to flee. You, you think it's too strong. You think the oppression is too mighty for you. You see all that the devil's doing in your life. And you step back and you say, God, I can't do this, Lord. It's too much for me. God, I'll never overcome this sin. God, I'll always be like this, God. You don't understand. But God's saying, no, confront your sin. Confront the oppressor. Confront the things that are trying to attack you and bring you down. Because, guys, when we cry out to the Lord for help and we say, Jesus, come into my heart. Use me, God. Help me. Strengthen me. Like this verse says, but Lord, but may all who love you, who love Jesus, who love God, let them be like the sun when it rises in its strength. God wants you to rise above what the enemy's doing. He wants you to rise above the oppression. He wants you to rise above the cycle of sin that you're dealing with. He wants you to confront it. Stop hiding. Stop operating in fear. Stop tolerating it and confront the sin head on with God. Because when God goes before you, there's victory each and every time. Complete victory. Total victory. That's what God's calling us to here tonight. God doesn't want us to be oppressed. You know, just as I was preparing for this sermon, I mean, you know, I was just like, God, what do I say? I mean, I, I don't know what to say, Lord. What, what should I share on? What do you want me to tell them? And God was just like, you know what? There's some, of, there's some of them that, and I just felt the heart of God so strong. He was just like, Lawrence, there's some of them, they're under oppression of the enemy, but they don't want to cry out. They're not desperate enough. They're being kicked by the enemy over and over again. They're having everything stolen from them. And all they need to do is cry out for help, and I'll be there, and I'll rescue them, and I'll deliver them. If that's you tonight, if you've been under oppression from the enemy, you've been dealing with some stuff, whatever it is, don't wait. Confront it tonight at the altar. Cry out to, cry out to God for help. Be desperate. Because if you don't cry out to God for help, you'll be going through the same cycle over and over again. And it breaks my heart. So many youth, from my time being here at Elevate, I've been here for maybe three, four plus years. And I've seen so many people come and go. I was talking to one of the other youth before about it. All the people we used to know. Oh yeah, so-and-so, they used to be in 201. They used to be in 101. They used to be on fire for God. They used to worship the Lord. But they allowed themselves to become oppressed by the enemy. They went back to their evil ways. They thought they didn't need God anymore. And they went into oppression. And they're still under that oppression. Some of my closest friends backslid from the Lord and are being oppressed so severe by the devil and they don't even know it. Guys, I pray that that's not you tonight and that you would wake up 
And not only that you would wake up to your sin and to the, the oppression that the devil is trying to bring, but that you would take a stand of faith and confront it head on. Stop trying to hide it. Stop trying to act as if you're somebody else. Stop trying to put it under the rug and make excuses for it. Confront your sin. Just like the Israelites, they went up to the mountain, and it says uh, Barak and his army, they went straight down the mountain into the enemy. They confronted it. Barak had a faith of confrontation against the enemy to end the oppression. If that's you tonight, I, I want us all to stand. If that's you tonight, I would encourage you to come up to, the, to these altars. I believe God wants to bring deliverance in each and every one of us here. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care what your background is. I don't care how big or little your, your, your sin you think you, your, your sin is. We all need God in this place. And the reality is if we're not crying out to God for help, there is not a desperate plea inside of us. We're going to continue on in oppression. We're going to get attacked. We're going to deal with depression. We're going to have suicidal thoughts. I mean, guys, do you understand this tonight? Tonight, if you do not get breakthrough, if you do not cry out to the Lord for help, tonight, tomorrow night, next week, you're going to look at pornography. You're going to, you're going to want to cut yourself. You're going to want to commit suicide. You're going to want to smoke weed. You're going to want to smoke alcohol. This is the reality that we live in, guys. Wake up. It's not a joke something that each and every one of us are going to face. But God's there to help us. And as we saw in verse 4, it was a now response from the Lord. If we can all bow our heads and close our eyes. Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for tonight, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would touch each and every heart here, God, that you would tug on each and every heart, Lord. God, I don't know each and every one's story, Lord God, but I know there's somebody here, Lord God, that's been oppressed by the enemy, Lord God. It's been severe, God. It's been ruthless, God. They feel the ruthless attacks of the enemy night after night, God, day after day, day in, day out. They feel hopeless, but God, the reality is you're right there to help them, God. You're right there to bring breakthrough, God. You're right there to scatter all the enemies, God, to where there's not even one left, Lord. God, I pray that you would bring deliverance, God, in this place tonight, Lord God. Let it reign supreme, Lord. Let your freedom reign. If we can sing that song, Stephanie, break every chain. Let's cry out to God for help. Let's ask him to move in our lives. In Jesus' name. If that's you, I want to encourage you, come up to these altars and cry out to God and ask the Lord to help. Do it now. Come to the altars and just ask Jesus, Lord, bring breakthrough in my life. Get rid of the enemy. Get rid of the oppression, God. I want deliverance. I don't want to be under the cycle of sin anymore. Thank you, Jesus.
real power. Real power to break every chain. God, we confront sin tonight, Lord God. We confront perversion tonight, God. We confront, God, perverse lifestyles, God. We confront, God, addictions head on, Lord God, tonight, God. We're not afraid, Lord. We confront, God, lying, God. We confront dishonesty. We confront, God, uh, uh, gossip, God. We confront anger, Lord God. Angry day after day, God. We confront that, Lord God. We say enough is enough, Lord. We say enough is enough, Lord. Break every chain, God. Every change. cry out right now and get it over with or you can wait another 40 years and you can wait another 40 years of oppression and being kicked by the devil are you going to cry out right now or are you going to wait over and over again what are you waiting for cry out to God for deliverance about the Israelites they were the reason why they were under that oppression for 20 plus years was because they were blinded they were going those 20 years thinking everything was fine their whole world was collapsing their whole world was falling apart but in their mind they're thinking I'm okay I'm fine I'm good it's all right yeah so-and-so just died yes you know the enemy's oppressing us yeah we just our whole nation got overthrown yeah all that's going on but I'm fine I'm okay you know what? That was the mindset that kept them in bondage to their sin. And guys, right now, if you don't want to surrender that mindset, you're not going to receive deliverance. You're not going to get your breakthrough, and you're going to go on in oppression. Guys, don't fall for the lies of the enemy. You're not okay. There is not a day where you are not okay. There is not a day where you do not need to cry out for God for help. Maybe you're not struggling with sin. Maybe you're not, you know, just living some crazy lifestyle. But if you're, if you're a believer and you need help in your walk with God and you just need Jesus, if you just need Jesus, come up to these altars and cry out to God because God is, is willing. He's willing to bring breakthrough. Whoever you are, come. We can have the leaders come up as they already are. Just lay your hands on the people that are here. God, we thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Breakthrough, God, in the spirit, God, right now, Lord.
Break every chain, Lord. Break every chain. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Break every chain. Breakthrough, God. No more hiding sin, God. No more making excuses, Lord. Break If I can get three youth up here, three youth, if you want to pray for breakthrough, if you want to pray for deliverance over yourself and over this city and over your generation, three youth come up right now. We got one. If you're a youth and you want to pray for breakthrough and you want to see God destroy the enemy, if you want to see an end to oppression, I want you to come up here and we're going to pray and intercede for a short moment. Nathan, go ahead. I just pray for breakthrough, Lord Father God. Break those chains of pornography. Break those chains of, of, of sexuality, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, we all cry to help. We all cry out to you, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, you, you, you know our pain, Lord Father God. And you want to help us, Lord Father God. But we just need to open our hearts to you, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, I just cry out to you, Lord Father God. I repent of all my sins, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, I just cry out to you. Lord Father God. Lord Father God, you feel my pain, Lord Father God. And I repent of all my sins, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, I need to be saved. Lord Father God, I want to become born again, Lord Father God. Heal me in Jesus' name, Lord Father God. Everybody in this church needs healing, and that's what you came to do, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, we just cry out to you, Lord Father God. Help us in, in need as you just, as you helped the, the Israelites in their need, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, we, we just cry out to you, Lord Father God. We break those chains in Jesus' name, Lord Father God. We break those, we break those, we we break the chains in Jesus' name tonight, Lord Father God. We break the chains today, Lord Father God. Not tomorrow, not later, not not next week, but we break them now, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, I just pray for breakthrough, Lord Father God, in this in this church or in this city, Lord Father God. Lord. Lord Father God, Chicago for Jesus is what we, we, what we represent, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, I just pray, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, I just pray for myself, Lord Father God, that when I get tempted by the devil, I find a way out by you, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, break the chains, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, Lord Father God help me in times of need, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, I just cry out to you, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, heal me, Lord Father God. Heal my family, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, heal my sister as she goes through brain surgery, Lord Father God. Give her strength to fight through it. Lord Father God. Just help her, Lord Father God. 
I never had a father growing up, Lord Father God, but 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 you're my father, Lord Father God. You're my father in heaven, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, I was a lost soul, but then I came to Jesus Christ, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, just heal me, Lord Father God. Heal me in times of need, Lord Father God. Lord Father God. I just pray for the youth, Lord Father God. That that their hearts just get pierced by the word, Lord Father God. Lord Father God. I just pray, Lord Father God, for a breakthrough, Lord Father God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come fill this place. Come fill the atmosphere, Lord Father God. Come flood the come come flood your your church, your temple, Lord Father God, as you call it, Lord Father God. Come fill it up with the Holy Spirit, Lord Father God. And drip your blood of salvation onto these youth that bow down to you, Lord Father God. Lord Father God. We do not want to bow down to the wage of death. But we, but we want to bow down to the eternal life that, that you gave us, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, it says in John 3, 16, For God still loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, Lord Father God. Whoever believes in him shall have eternal life, shall not perish like the devil once did. Lord Father God, Lord Father God, just break through the youth. Pour your blood of salvation, Lord Father God. Show them the way, Lord Father God. You are the way, you are the truth, and you are the light, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, you are the Son of God. You died on the cross for our our sins, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, and just just tell these youth that whatever they're doing, whatever, whatever they're doing is not righteous. Tell them it's a sin and to repent for it, Lord Father God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, Father God, for everything you have done, Lord, Father God. Thank you, Lord, Father God, for dying on the cross for my sins, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, Father God, for your amazing love, Lord, Father God, for your amazing heart, Lord, Father God. How much you love us, Lord Jesus. Lord, Father God, just pray for breakthrough right now, Lord, Father God. I pray for the walls to fall down, Lord Jesus. I pray for people to just get right with you, Lord, because you're the way, the truth, and the life, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I pray for people to get right, to turn their ways to sin, and follow you, Jesus, because you're the way, Lord Jesus. Nobody else, Lord, nothing else, Lord, but you, God. You're the light, Lord Jesus. You're the way, Lord, Father God. Lord, Father God, just pray, Lord, Father God. And we rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. We rebuke the lies of the enemy. We rebuke them in Jesus' name. And we pray for breakthrough. We pray for walls to fall down. Right now, Lord Jesus, we pray that you will have your way with us. We pray that you use us as vessels, Lord. Use us as vessels in schools, Lord. Pray for use us as vessels in our homes, Lord, Father God, to bring the 
bring revival, Lord, Father God, in our schools and in our household, Lord Jesus. We pray that you have your way, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Before the Israelites could confront the oppressor, before they could uh, confront the enemy, they had to cry out. They had to cry out to God. So for the next few minutes, I just want us all together, just lift up a cry to the Lord. If that's singing in tongues, whatever you got, just give it to the Lord. Just cry out to him. Let there be a desperate cry. Just arise right now. Right now. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. God, we need you, God, in our city, Lord. God, we need breakthrough, Lord. We need freedom, God. God, we come against the enemy, Lord. Lord, cry out to the Lord for this city. Cry out to the Lord for the youth. Cry out to the Lord for the the, the, the pregnant girl. Cry, cry out to the Lord for the person that's about to overdose. Cry out to the person that's addicted to porn. Cry out to God for the person that's addicted to alcohol. Pray for the person that's about to kill themselves. Cry out to God. Jesus, we're desperate for you to move, Lord. just wait on the Lord you see the Israelites cried out and then God immediately responded I believe God still does that kind of stuff today amen Let's just take a moment it doesn't have to be super long just a moment just waiting on the Lord just let his freedom sit on top of you just let it roll over you Some of you breakthroughs happening right now. The chains are falling off right now. The years, oh God, the years of oppression are done.
Holy Spirit, God, for what you're doing in this place. God, we know that you hear our prayers, Lord. You're here in this place, God. We acknowledge you, God. You're real, God, because you're right here. You set us free, God. We can have peace. Peace, Lord. No more oppression, God. Peace. Peace, Lord, God. Undisturbed, Lord, God. No more oppression, Lord. Just freedom. Just peace. Just resting in God's peace. Thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage you guys tonight, if you didn't come up here for prayer, God answers wherever. We have to cry out, though. There has to be a desperation in our heart. If we don't get desperate, we're not going to get free. We're going to keep going through the same things over and over again. You have to have that in your heart. I believe there was freedom that was released here tonight. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. We thank you, God, for moving in this place, God. In Jesus' name. If we can give it up for Jesus right now, man. Let's just praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. You're worthy, God. You guys can do better than that. You guys can do better than that. We're talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the one who just set you free even tonight, man. Praise God. If we all can just stand and come to the front, do something just a little bit different. We all just want to pile up right here to the front. And just like they started, you know, you guys coming up, you're hugging each other. Keep that in mind. I want everybody to put their arm around another person. All right, don't get frisky. I'll hit you with this mic so fast. But just put your hand, you know, around your brother, your sister in Christ, right? No craziness. Let's try to lock this up right here. I'm going to get in here as well. Can I fit in here? Come on, girl. Don't be scared. Come on. How you doing, little sis? You know, just like this, man, this, this is how we're able to stand strong. Some of us is probably afraid, like, God, what's going to happen when I go home? God, what's going to happen when I go to school? You find yourself some brothers and sisters in Christ. And when two or three are gathered in God's name, God is right there in the midst. And you grab a hold of them and you start praying and you claim your deliverance. You stand on it. You claim and you remember what God did today. He has set us free. And we have peace on every side. Peace on every side. Those of you who are delivered from pornography, sexual morality, whatever it is, stay set free by linking with your brother and sister in Christ and continue to have God in front of you. And we just want to pray together as a whole and just acknowledge God and just thank God. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for who you are. We thank you for the body of Christ, Lord. God, we're not alone. We're not alone, God. We had visitors today. We had people that, that hasn't been here in a long time. And, and God wants to let you know that you're not alone. This is a safe haven. This is the body of Christ. And we're here for each other. This is who he died for, his body. 
so that we can be together. God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your way, that you would give the increase and elevate, God. Lord, not just for increase's sake, God, but that you would build such a family here, God, such a body of Christ, Lord God, to be able to go out outside these walls, God, and tear down the walls of the enemy, Lord God, tear down the walls of Satan, God, tear down the walls of separation, God, tear down the walls of broken homes, God, in the name of Jesus, tear down the walls of division and racism, God, tear down the walls, God, and Lord, make a voice, Lord God, stand strong that every life matters and God that you are the answer Lord God to all lives God I pray Lord God that you will start and elevate God build up an army here God who will call upon the name of the Lord in Jesus name God have your way Lord we thank you we praise you God may you be glorified God and Lord may we walk with you everywhere you will have us to go God in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen and amen. Let's give it up for Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Elevate. Elevate. What? 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 God is good all the time. Let's give it up for Jesus again. God bless you guys. You guys are dismissed. Talk to your fellow leaders, fellowship, man. Let's be a family tonight, amen? God bless you guys. All right, sorry, guys. One last thing. I, I just, it was, a, it was an update. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hold tight. Don't leave, man. I just want to be able to bring up my daughter up here, Leilana. Come here, Lala. Let's give it up for Leilana. It was my baby girl's birthday, and I just want to, yeah, there you go. I just want to sing happy birthday to her, man. She's awesome, man. And um, afterwards, we can beat her down. She just turned, she just turned 27. Um, nah, just lame. She's 11 years old, man. She's bright. She's awesome, man. And I just, I'm just, I'm so proud of her, man. I kid you not, man. She blows my mind every single day, just how she is. If you get to know this little girl, this little girl will love you like no other. I'm not even lying, man. She will serve. She protects. She loves deeply, man. And I love this girl. Amen. So I just want to sing happy birthday to her. And a count of three. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday, dear Leilana. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. All right, we got some cupcakes back there, too, for her B-Day. If you guys want to go back there and enjoy some cupcakes, man, pop one in your mouth, do your thing. God bless you guys. Stay encouraged. Amen. Yeah, I'm with the squad and we fresher than that dead netty. Squad. No matter the hate, we stay with day ones and we stay. Yeah. And we don't even need to drop or replace, bro. We don't. And we multiply. That's the only way it grows. And this is how it goes. Go. About each and every day. every day. We in it for the long run. Finish line.
find his way. This way. The crew be repping Christ, Christ until they in the grave. Right. They screaming Jesus is the savior, so our lives we gay. Reside in the shy, survive, I'm alive. No. Putting tracks in the ground, so I'm gonna thrive. No. Gotta go and get a girl by sight, it's mine. Yes, it's time. Yeah. Yes, it's time. Yeah. I'm thanking God for all the blessings. All the blessings. Cause the way that I'm progressing. I'm progressing. Better get back in the lab uh. and get the drum boy. Yeah. Blood going in for the kills of the dead, deceased.